Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, in 2023, E3's got no big three. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined as I'm always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you this week. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo all skipping out on E3 this year. And then on Thursday, we are coming up with movies that should have gotten the GoldenEye 007 treatment. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. I have not been able to have a haircut on the regular schedule that I normally would. What is your regular haircut schedule? I would say... Probably about like once a month. Oh, okay. I probably go get a haircut. But you did get a haircut yesterday. No. Did you not get a haircut? <laughs> no. Saturday? No. Is your hair pre-cut right now? <laughs> my hair is not. My hair is due for a cut. It's mm. overdue for a cut because I got. I could have sworn your hair was longer <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> no, it was poorly kept on Saturday, got it, got which it, got is uh, part of the problem. Like I normally would have it gone when to go get a haircut. Right. By this point, but I got stitches on the back of my head a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and so I didn't go to get a haircut because I thought no. it'd be weird to get like the front half done. <laughs> I mean, Although I, fine for Zoom meetings. It's fi- fi- I mean, great for Zoom meetings. <laughs> yeah. Like you need nothing more. I think what you need to do is you need to go back to like the 2020 days uh-huh. and uh, self-administer. Self-administer. I a might. Haircut. Yeah. I might need to. I mean, once I get the stitches out, like I'm basically driving directly to the. Uh, barber, but I just have to tell you. So the barber can't remove those stitches. <laughs> the bar- well, they could. I think. I I believe. But no, the uh, the thing that's really driving me crazy is that the side of my head, like the hair, is kind of growing out. Uh huh. Okay. Do you know in the Doctor Strange movies, one yes. thing that really that streak of white hair. I and not just the streak of white hair, but the the way that it is like styled and kept, mm. I find really skin crawling. I really strongly sure, sure. dislike that wig. Mm-hmm. So imagine my horror when I look in the mirror and I basically feel like I ha- kind of have the Doctor Strange. I mean, you're thing basically going. the modern Doctor Strange. <laughs> That's the compliment I was fishing for. We can move on. <laughs> Uh, all right, great. Uh, so my copy of Sonic Forces, you can't borrow it anymore. That program is over. It is ended. It, we, the sun has set on the Sonic Forces borrowing program. But you know where the sun has not quite set yet, Mark? The Sonic Forces owning program. Would you like to own my copy of Sonic Forces and or my copy of Untitled Goose Game? I guess not and, just or um, in a uh, Sonic Forces box. We are giving it away. Uh, We're giving away both games to end the program. They will go out one last time. If you would like to be considered as one of the future forever owners of these games, you have got to email us by the end of today, January 31st. That's right. So the Sonic Forces borrowing program is coming to an end. Yes. But the Sonic Forces owning program also coming to an end. Which doesn't mean that you have to stop owning it. You just like that's this is your last chance to put yourself up for consideration for owning it. Yes. Um, it has been fun to see the amount of people who are now, you know, now 
who want to own Sonic Forces. Right. Um, People coming out of the woodwork who were like, I don't want to borrow that. That's too <laughs> temporary for me. Own it? Yeah, I'm into that. So today's your last day. Mm-hmm. You um, need to email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, and uh, and entrance from anywhere. Um, it does not matter. Uh, previously, we had said probably just North America. But now, one way, these packages are going anywhere on Earth. If you want to look, if you want to try entering from like the International Space Station, like go for it. <laughs> or from the moon. If you have an address on the moon, I'll try sending it there. Um, and Thursday, this Thursday's episode, we will draw the names of the two That's people right. who will be final owners. Final owners. Uh, I will be, I got to say, I will not be sad to see these games uh, go. They've gotten slowly beaten up over the years, being sent out, sent back. Um, and uh, right now they're on my shelf with the rest of my uh, Switch games. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're a, little, they're a little beat up. Like, they're a little weather-worn, you know? They've been all over the place. They're well loved. They, yeah. <laughs> I do think I do. Somebody uh, brought this up on our Discord, but I do think it would be fun to compile a list of everywhere that they went. <sighs> if you think I have those records, Mark, <laughs> you are overestimating how carefully I administered this program. <laughs> and it is, of course, a, a perfect, perfect program. program yeah. Of course, uh, both borrowing and owning. All right, Mark. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. I want to start by checking in on my Tetris 99 uh, progress uh, because I, d- I don't have a ton of updates there. I now have 530 tickets. I have made it my goal now where I'm like, I'm going to get at least 20 tickets a week. Um, and that way, it'll still take me forever to accomplish this. But uh, then I can sort of like forgive myself for not doing it every day. And that's five days a week in order to get 20 tickets? That's five days a week. And then like every now and then there's like a weird T-spin challenge where it's like, get five T-spins in a single like online game, and I usually am not going to be able to do that. Oh, got it. Um, so sometimes I'll only get three. Uh, so just the, the overall goal is 20 every week, um, even though I expect I will probably end up getting more, because I'm still basically doing it every day. Every now and then there'll be a, time, a day where I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, I missed it. Um, but I'm, you know, I still have uh, like genuine fun every time I do it. I feel like we're going to have to celebrate when you get, reach 999. Yeah. We'll have to mark the occasion somehow. We will. I'm not sure what exactly, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and then, Mark, I got my copy of Fire Emblem Engage. Nice. So I've been playing. My, first of all, I got to say, the uh, Divine Edition of Fire Emblem Engage is a very handsome special edition. I'm, I'm content with the uh, time that I had to wait to get it. Um, it, it ended up arriving on Tuesday, right? It ended up arriving on so Tuesday. Technically, One they delivered it early. I don't. I don't. Why? Why are you saying that's early? The game came out five days before that. It's late, Mark. Um, but the art book is is very handsome. I have had a hard time like putting it away. I just like to keep it out. Yeah, the the cover is. Uh, it's like artwork that they use in the opening moments of the game when right, they're kind of it's explaining like the world, the world. and yeah. it is it is really striking on yeah. that book. Um, and also just like the texture of the cover of the book is like I like rubbing my hand across it. Um, so uh, that that's great. Uh, started playing the game, and I can see Mark your complaints, and I understand them, and I actually agree completely. Um, but I'm uh, really enjoying my time with the game so far. Um, I think I made. 
if I can, turn off the voice acting. Because uh, I think a lot of it's bad. I think you can. I think in settings you can turn it, maybe if not off, but like way down compared mm-hmm. to the other stuff. The music's good. The, the music, uh, that is true. The music is good. However, and I, I, maybe I always have this opinion of the uh, Fire Emblem theme songs and I just need it to grow on me. But I don't like this Fire Emblem theme song. Um, it comes out the gate just like, screaming like every time you start up the game it's like (laughs) like right in rock and roll mode right away there's something about it and i felt this way about the um uh like lyric theme song around three houses sorry no super smash brothers ultimate i don't remember the one from three houses but it's like the these i wonder if it sounds better in japanese because it does not sound to me like a song that should have lyrics. It sounds like a musical piece that has like lyrics stapled onto it. And so the lyric it just yes, doesn't like it doesn't feel like a song, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think there there is something to the like uh, the localization of a song from Japanese to English seems like it's impossible, right? Like there that there must be like a uh, different like values of lyricism in Japanese than there are in English. Cause I think it's it's always tough. Like you can with a very few exceptions, always tell that a song has been translated from Japanese. Because that's what I'm assuming is happening because they just have to, it just feels like they have to cram so many words into these, like, yeah. you know, just breathless. Yeah, and, and it's like, it's way more syllables than you would ever try in English. And it's like, like we, we got to just like pick, like do do something different here. Uh-huh. You know, like you, you use some different words. Um but uh, hold on, I just want to. Here's here's uh, the Fire Emblem Three Houses uh, theme. This is the one with lyrics um, that eventually grew on me. Do you recognize this at all? No. Oh yes. And like it starts kind of chill, right? And it builds up to being like super intense. So yeah, that one's pretty good. That like that's that 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 one that like actually gets me excited. Um, should I bring up the? Uh, I don't even know what the new one is called. <laughs> I don't. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna look it up. It's too too slow here. Um, but so I am. Uh, I am. I just finished chapter seven. Um, so I'm like uh, amassing my my team. I'm getting like a lay of the land. I understand who like all the kingdoms are now, or not all of them, but like the 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 two that I'm dealing with at, at the moment, uh, and uh, I'm excited to head back to the Somniel to uh, collect my uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses um, ring, uh, so I can. Oh, so did you? You ended up. You did buy the, or did it come with the? No, it didn't come with it. With I with the special bought edition. it. You bought the season pass. <laughs> I, I mean, I get pass. it. I uh, like I said last week when I found out that the the like summoned characters like actually interact with you and talk and have dialogue and stuff. Yes. It's like. Oh, I completely get the appeal of getting these three houses characters. Yeah, I, I'm a little bummed that like just by looking at the game, it's it's pretty evident that there's no uh, romancing of these characters. Uh, like you know what there are. I don't see any um, S support classes. Um, just up to A. Uh, and I'm still finding characters in there that I'm like, uh, you're hot. I think you. <laughs> I think you two should be together. Uh, so I'm doing a little shipping on my own. But I wish the game facilitated that a little more. Um, uh, have you gone back to it since last week? No, we spoke? I haven't, and I don't really miss it. So yeah. I think it's probably a sign that I, I doubt that I will. Um, but maybe 
if your experience, you know, like the further you get into it, you're like, no, you have to play it. Like it gets amazing. Um, Cause I, I didn't think it was bad. It just didn't grab me. I still think presentation wise, it's really pretty. I, I sort of can't get over how pretty it is. Like, especially just considering the like kind of recent releases on switch that like, this is just like so sharp and the designs are so good. And the color is so like the color yeah, choices color I think pops. are really yeah, really even if I don't strong. like the red and uh blue hair <laughs> and eyes of the main character. Um so last week I talked about there was like a segment like a moment of dialogue that just kept going and going as I just could not believe yes. it did not end. And can I, I you're past it now so can I tell you what it was? Sure. So minor spoilers for the first 30 minutes of Fire Emblem Engage. <laughs> so when you meet your mom. Yes. And then your mom dies. Yes. And her like dying speech. Yes. Is so long. It goes on forever. <laughs> she just keeps talking. She just keeps talking. And like it, it adopts a like sentimentality of look, it's the main character's mother dying. So like I, I maybe you have to swim in these waters, but I don't, I don't know. It, it adopts this tone. Like you have known this character, these characters for hours and hours and hours. Whereas, You've really only been playing the game for like forty-five minutes at this point. Yeah, and the and even right before that, like the whole thing is they don't really have any relationship because you've been asleep for a thousand years. Because you have amnesia years. too, <laughs> right? You have amnesia, and you don't even re- know that she. You don't recognize her when she's like, right. "I'm your mom." You're right. like, "Huh? I guess I love you." I get. I mean, I must. You're my mother. <laughs> yeah. Also, she's a dragon, and you're a dragon too. So, like, they're all like these layers of relationship that you have to be like. I don't know. I mean, I guess I would miss my mom too, but like, I I do not currently relate to this. Uh huh. But you know, from what I've heard, who if people are like significantly further than I am, or maybe not that much farther than you are, I think I'm at chapter five or six or sure. something. But I, you know. Uh, just from people who are at chapter 10, it sounds like the story gets interesting. I love the world. I love this kind the of world's like fantastic, circular yeah. world with the five or whatever different continents and then the like, and like, sacred continent. The, in the religion middle. stuff in the middle. Yeah. yeah I, I think like the design of it, there's so much I want to like, but the mechanics of it, for whatever reason, just don't aren't speaking to me. Well, so the gameplay mechanics I do find fascinating. Um, and I... It, the canvas feels wider than it has in previous games um, just because of the way that you can assign different units of yours, uh, the the emblems, the, the rings that, the, that they're paired up with, because it can change like the functionality of any of your units uh, in like a huge way, right? Um, Sigurd, when he's teamed up with someone, uh, can make their movement like insane. Like you can get someone like flying all the way across the map to like either come out of nowhere to assist or uh you know i mean like whatever you can just cover a lot of ground and then there's also um uh one of the other ones that has the uh the like ragnarok uh like teleport where like you teleport across the map oh and then, yeah like, cast cast some really powerful magic um so like it is uh like game changing in 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 those moments uh to have these emblems that like buff your character so much um so like there are sometimes where i feel like i've i've put uh the rings on just the right people and i can like mop up a map like way quicker and way more efficiently than i think it wants me to uh and it just seems cool that like it's open enough that you can break it that way that is fun i feel like that's one of the hallmarks of like older Final Fantasy games mm-hmm. where, you know, when you, um, uh, if you figure out how to, you, 
to really like abuse a particular system. Totally. The game lets you if you can like figure it out. You know right. what I mean? Use a phoenix down on the ghost train, brings it back to life. It's a ghost, so it dies. <laughs> like that's you know, like that that kind of thing is is very cool. Um, and I I've just enjoyed doing that. I do a little bit worry then that I will come up uh, against the times when the game is like anticipating my uh, ability to use these emblems and i just get like stomped um but then i'll spend some time in the paralogs and leveling up and, and oh, stuff like uh-huh. that like I'm, I'm i'm not i'm not too worried i like what i for the most part what what i saw so i was still early just had a handful of characters that could join my party but you meet like a queen or a princess of another realm mm-hmm. and she's wearing this like she's like wearing a teapot <laughs> she's wearing like a teapot with a, like an area for her legs it's just so funny i love it i love it so much i the, think it's a great design the design the designs in this game are mostly funny every now and then there are outfits where it's like there are too many cutouts. I don't, I don't need to see your hips. Yeah, like I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> but if I if I were a drag queen, sure, yes, my I would look at this. You would game, wear a teapot. I yes. would look at this game and I'd say, oh, that is something I should build. That is something it's I good, should wear. It's a good point. I just I, I I wish there were more characters that I could like ascribe male drag with. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. where it's like you are performing masculinity. Um, and I, there's less of that. Um. Whereas, like the the opposite is in abundance. That is, I that's a really good point. Yeah, that's um, definitely true. There is uh, you, you must have it in your party like Boucher or Bouchard. I forget exactly. Is what that it. the um, he's like tall? The... He wears armor and he's like handsome. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my fire emblem uh uh engage, engage. boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, my fire emblem <laughs> engage boyfriend. <laughs> I unlocked uh, a, a a support conversation between him and I believe his name is Alex. He's the the, the prince of one of these realms. Where because uh, Alex is just obsessed with other people's muscles. Uh, when when he has uh, an emblem possess him or you know em- embody him, they when they merge, um, he he says my muscles are yours. So like he's just always <laughs> thinking about muscles. But he's kind of a little guy. Um, he basically sexually harasses this Bouchard guy, <laughs> who's like visibly uncomfortable with talking about his own muscles um and i was just like i'm a, i'm on your side <laughs> i'm on your side buddy well i've been playing goldeneye 007 which was released for nintendo switch online kind of a surprise i can't remember did we talk about it we did not because news? Uh, it happened I, afterwards right i think they uh, announced it on wednesday and it came out on friday it was really quick which also uh, sort of bumped Mario Party 3 out of the sort of like... Yeah, giving us a little break from the Mario Party releases. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, for something uh, totally different in the form of GoldenEye 007. So tell me about your experience playing it. So I have not had a chance to try the online yet, but uh, somebody in the Discord suggested that we should get together and do it, and I think that would be That'd super be fun. fun, so we yeah. should coordinate that. And if you want to get in our Discord, send us an email. And uh, we'll get you an invite. But um, I had not ever played through the entirety of the GoldenEye 007 campaign. I mostly played a lot of um, multiplayer with friends. Right. And so I've made it a goal for myself to play through the campaign. And it is really interesting. So let's talk about how you're controlling it. Because I feel like that is a uh, a, a key component of, of, of this game. And how it translates from 30 years ago. Yeah, so I started playing in handheld mode 
And so, you know, I was just using like two Joy-Con and the default control scheme broke my brain. Um, you use the right stick to move your character and the left to move the camera by default, which is the opposite of basically Everything. any yes. game yeah. ever nowadays. Mm -hmm. So it's horrible and unusable, in my opinion. Like, it just totally broke my brain. It felt insane. So there's a bunch of different recommendations on online. I found some on Reddit on, like, how to remap the controls because you can, using the system settings, remap, con you know, controls for your Switch and then save those as, like... Um, you yeah, can like save profiles, those options. Yeah. You can like, yeah, as profiles, you can go to them. I'd never done it before, so this was my first time trying that. But it turned out really well. So the one that I found that worked for me is you go in. So in the game itself, they have four or five different control schemes, and so that you can only access once you enter a mission. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So I changed it to one called Good Night, and then in the system controller settings, changed a ZR that trigger to A, so that way I could fire with mm -hmm. ZR, and then swapped the right and left control sticks to make it more just like a modern uh, action game, yeah. like first-person shooter. So yeah. you're now moving your character with the left stick and kind of manipulating the camera with the right stick. And that I have found to work really well. I also pulled out my N64 controller for uh, Nintendo Switch and like played a little bit that way. And it worked. it worked fine. It definitely feels like natural to play with it but oh yeah but i didn't i mean you know once i got over the learning curve of how to hold a nintendo 64 controller again right with your teeth right <laughs> <laughs> i mean honestly that seems as good a way as any <laughs> uh but yeah but i was actually surprised after playing with the joy con and then going to the n64 controller and then going back like the n64 controller doesn't feel hugely superior to me one thing i haven't had a chance to do uh is try to play with two N64 controllers. because Now, that's crazy. Because that, that's a, a true control scheme that the game was that built... It offers? That it offers, where you could have two. So one controlling, like, like true dual analog yeah. control. Another thing that's interesting is that Rare's Nintendo 64 games, and I did not know this uh, until Goldeneye was released on Switch, is that Rare's Nintendo 64 games all had built-in uh, 16 by 9 so, like, widescreen support. So with all of them do, yeah. I, uh, so does Banjo Kazooie? That's my understanding. Is uh. that all of them did, and so in the wow, uh, why? In, in like the, why? Why I would don't they? Know. I don't know. In the game settings for you know, like when you're in the game, you press the start menu and you go to options, and one of them is to play in like sixteen by nine mode, uh. and then there's like a cinema mode that cinema. That's the word, right? Cinnamon mode. <laughs> Where it will actually put black bars on oh, the cool, top and bottom. Cool. So for if you had like a CRT TV, yeah. you could still play in widescreen. Cool. And then there's uh, just widescreen mode where it'll it'll fill your screen. So, um, so th that's that's how I've been controlling it. But the game itself, other than the most of these N64 games, they're just visually difficult. They just don't. They just don't look good. Mm -hmm. um, this one's like kind of charming because you know they've like image mapped people's faces from the movie onto. It's such a bizarre choice. <laughs> these like avatars. Yes, but it's 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 a a two D image. Yeah, that's, that's right. Been, like stamped on a stick figure. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. So you have like Sean Bean. Right. And um. Oh, what is his name? Um. 
He Pierce plays Brosnan. No, no, no. There is not one for Pierce Brosnan. What? Yeah. It's it's like supporting characters. Oh. Okay. Um. Oh, what's the name of like the hacker guy? He is. Uh. Oh, this is gonna bug me. But anyways, they're all over the place. And one thing I again had am finding really interesting about Goldeneye is it has like a really unique mission structure. So before you go into each level, it tells you there's like a little dossier that you can go through. And it tells you what you, your objectives are, what you're looking to achieve. Yeah. And one thing that's different about this game than a lot of other games is there's no, like, map marker or anything that is guiding you to those objectives. So you can go through a level and miss an objective or not complete an objective, and then you exit the level, and then it tells you you, you failed. Do you, it. you yeah. failed the mission because you didn't do this. And so, I mean... Truthfully, I'm using a guide because I find a lot of this really obtuse. But like, be, but you are, it's it's very easy to miss things unless you know where you're going or you're scouring like every piece of the level, which I think is what it was like designed to do. Well, yeah, totally. I mean, like they they only had so much real estate, like so much. First of all, so much data uh, and so much like budget developed to like actually making these spaces. And they're like, okay, well, yeah, you just gotta like go into every single little crevice. Uh, to actually accomplish all of the tasks. But once I have, once I found a control scheme that worked for me, and um, I and you know, I found a guide that I could refer to when I got lost. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. That's great. Like I, I, I think it's. Uh, I, I don't know that I would say that it holds up, but I am definitely enjoying my time with it. Uh, Alan Cumming. Yes, yes, that's it. Playing Boris Grishenko. Yes, very good. Couldn't find a Russian guy, so when, <laughs> when, 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 it was the '90s. Why bother? Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, what a great point. Um, all right, Mark, uh, let's get into how do how do how does this transition work? That's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, Tuesday, January thirty first. SpongeBob SquarePants The Cosmic Shake is releasing on Switch. I feel like we're highlighting this one for shout out to listener Jake. Hey Jake. He's very excited for this game. Hope you're enjoying this. This is a new SpongeBob game, right? Like yeah. in in the vein of the previous uh Sponge SpongeBob like uh 3D action platformers. Not action, just 3D platformers. <laughs> um but yeah, it's uh it's out tomorrow. I think if I had to guess, SpongeBob is probably bigger now than it's ever been. Because Ooh. it has young fans, mm-hmm. but it also has, I mean, Spongebob has been around for at least, or for probably 20 years. Right. I mean, it's, I, w- we've talked about this before on the show, I think, but like, I feel like I'm just on the, uh, like too old side mm-hmm. to, to have mm-hmm. like been riding the Spongebob wave, Spongebob wave. Um, so like, that's just one of those like fandoms that like I see and I'm like, oh, I know. I'm sorry. Cause Spongebob is very funny. So, so do you consider yourself as being like in that way? Because I'm a little bit older than you. Uh huh. Yeah. I. I mean, I. I don't think. I think I was a little older than the target audience when the show was first coming out. Right. But I had younger siblings who well, watched it and yeah. really loved it. And it is. I. I. It's been a long time since I've seen any of the new episodes, but the show is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also on Tuesday or today is Power Wash Simulator. Digitally released for Switch. Mm-hmm. Highlighted that just for you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't really know anything about this game, but I've seen it everywhere. So it's uh, kind of, I think it's like a hit 
mm-hmm. because uh, are, don't, can't you like power wash like Lara Croft's oh, I don't uh, know. home or something? I feel like that was oh, like DLC. Home? I was DLC. not expecting that sentence to end that way. I <laughs> know, uh, but I mean, power wash Lara just, Croft just Lara after Croft. one of her yeah. missions. <laughs> She's muddy. Yeah, Hose of course. Her off. Yeah. It uh, wouldn't surprise me. Wednesday, February 1st, Puzzle Bobble 2X and Bust a Move 2 Arcade Edition and Puzzle Bobble 3, Bust a Move 3 S Tribute are released digitally. Uh, so the the Puzzle Bobble games, the Bust a Move games uh, are cool. Little, you know, it's the, it's the Bubble Bobble and like shooting uh, the, the little puzzly games um, that are uh, neat. So I thought would highlight this like collection of them that's coming out here. And then on Thursday, February 2nd, Life is Strange 2 releases on Switch, which completes all of the Life is Strange games being available on the platform. Yep. They're all there now. Okay. A- any of those uh, of interest to you, Mark? you think you can pick up any of these? No, I just want to yeah. shortly uh, shout out on February 3rd on Friday, Pets at Work. This game called Pets at Work is being released on the Switch eShop. I don't know what it is, but I am curious what they're working at or towards. Oh, sure. I mean, I assume it's just, you remember there was a, a comedy in the 90s called Men at Work? I, yes, it's I a, do. It's a movie, and uh, it, all I really know about it is the poster, right? Where it's two guys in the back of a, uh, like a trash truck. Okay, I'm A listening. garbage truck. And they're just like poking their heads up over the, uh, over like the lip of the, the they're like in the compactor part uh-huh, of the truck. Yes, uh-huh. And they got like hard hats on. And so you're just imagining that, but with pets. Yeah. I like that. I That's mean, a good image. it sounds good, That's a cute right? Image. It's it's evocative. Uh, all right, Mark, let's close out the new releases. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we are discussing the 10 longest-running comic book series that haven't had a major refresh. This is a list that is coming to us from comic book resources. So if that helps you calibrate your answer. It doesn't. Uh, but well, thank you. <laughs> I, I just, I, I want you to know these are all superhero series. Okay. So like Archie, throw it out. Uh huh. Even though like. It has to be. Has to be. Thousands of it. And no, no, no manga in here either. So what, it, what do you think? Manga? <laughs> no. What, uh, what do you think is a. What does it mean to be without a major refresh? Right, or is that giving away too much? So it, I, I, I think it's giving away too, too much. Um, so like I think what you want to do here is you want to go for titles that you just like the name of the series is iconic. Okay, okay, okay. Right? I, Fair I think, enough. And and uh, these are all. Are they all DC? They're not all DC. Okay. No, but they're, they're all. Big two. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, that's actually really helpful. Yeah. All right, so I'm just going to... That's DC and Marvel for uh, people not super plugged into that. I'm going to start with Detective Comics. Detective Comics is number two. Uh, They have it at 881 issues, um, which... I guess their cutoff is uh, the the new fifty two. Oh, okay, is, is got it. Where they they say yeah, so. that's what I was wondering. Okay, that makes sense. Right. So so we've got like some of the Grant Morrison stuff in there towards the end. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, uh, eight hundred and eighty two issues. 
So Action Comics has to be in here as well. Action Comics is number one. Uh, they're saying, uh, again, using the, the New 52 as a cutoff, uh, 904 issues. Wow. But they, I, I know that DC reclaimed that numbering at some point, and they did an Action Comics 1000. Like, they did that. Yeah. So, yeah, but they must be New 52 counts as a major refresh, so anything after it doesn't count for the purposes of this list. Although it probably doesn't matter because one way or the other, Action Comics is probably still the longest running. Yeah, and I think Action Comics will always be the highest numbered. I, I do think, it, and I'm giving a, a, one of these entries away, I think it's possible that Amazing Spider-Man can catch up. Uh, uh -huh. There was a while when they would do three issues of Amazing Spider-Man a month. right. Three a month. That's nuts. Yeah. Uh, so My Amazing Spider-Man is on here. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, insanely, they only have it at like 400 or something issues. The Amazing Spider-Man, 441 issues, huh. which uh, doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like they're cutting it off before Dan Slott started writing it. Interesting. Um, I wonder what happened. That... Anyway, so Action Comics, if you don't know, is uh, like oh, yeah. the Superman comic. Detective Comics is the Batman comic. And um, I mean, there's obviously other Superman comics and other batman comics but those are like the ones in continuity and well the, you may want to consider one of the, one of those one of those again okay yeah. um okay is justice league one of these justice league does not appear on this list no oh no oh wow man oh, we have really really run i'm out really of curious do you want to will you run down the list yeah sure um uh, we were accompanied today by the berlin philharmoniker but the uh the rest of the list number three is batman okay uh, uh, it was 713 issues. Um, and again, that's cutting it off before the new 52, which was still 10 years ago at Crazy. this point. Um, number four is, uh, uncanny X-Men, uh, 544 issues. Uh, then the incredible Hulk, 474 issues, Captain America, uh, 454 issues as well. Uh, amazing Spider-Man 441, uh, and number eight, Fantastic Four, 416 issues. And uh, their cutoff here is uh, Heroes Reborn. So obviously there have been Fantastic Four uh, series since then. Uh, the Avengers, 402 issues. And at number 10, Daredevil, 380 issues before getting uh, wow. a, a major Wow, I, I would not have gotten those. I would not have guessed so many Marvel titles. It's a lot of Marvel titles, but like the Marvel titles still get like just trounced by the long running uh, DC titles. Weird that Superman is isn't. Yeah. That Superman doesn't have that. Action comics, yes. Superman, no. And maybe Superman's been like quote unquote rebooted too many times. Maybe, maybe that's it. I and it, it's true that for this exercise, reboot or a, a major what did I say? Major refresh. Major refresh is perhaps uh ill defined here. Um all right, Mark, let's get into the news. IGN is reporting that Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo all plan to skip the rebooted E3 this June. Speaking of reboots, major refresh. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I think we kind of expected Xbox to do its own thing because it's been doing that for a few years. And right. probably Sony to do its own thing because they've been doing that for a few years. I mean, Sony hasn't even really been coordinating with, uh, they haven't even done like, uh, video presentations around the time of E3. Right, because Xbox, you know, I they stopped participating in E3 and then shut up, shut up set up, up shop, shop. <laughs> right across, literally right across the street from yeah. the LA Convention Center at, Hilariously at LA close, Live. Yes. And so it's like, part, it was 
still part of like the E3 experience. You would literally just like walk across the street and go check out what Xbox is doing and then go back to the E3 show floor. But, um, and it kind of sounds like they're planning to do that again this year. So, okay. So that, that, that is my question. Cause like really all it means is that, um, those three companies won't have presences on the E3 show floor. So I think the biggest surprise here is Nintendo for me is Nintendo because for whatever reason it felt like Nintendo was ride or die a little bit with E3. Right. You know, the other companies were doing their own thing but E but Nintendo like stuck with it. Well, so I wonder if because so much of what Nintendo's E3 presence was and you know, it's it's uh, exclusive, it's an exclusive spe- experience of the people who are actually there is that they have this enormous booth that's like way bigger than anybody else's. Only PlayStation's the couple of years that I went uh, that PlayStation was there could like rival it in size. Um and they like deck it out like a theme park, right? Um, famously for the Breath of the Wild year, they had it like all up done up like Hyrule. Um, the, the Super Smash Brothers year it was like all of these uh, like giant trophies of like Nintendo memorabilia. For Luigi's Mansion Three, they had people yep. bet like these pink bellhop costumes yes. that were would show for you into this like blacklit kind of. Uh, haunted house almost experience to play the game. Yeah, it's 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 a theme park experience, and I wonder if Nintendo is just like, no, we're just doing a theme park experience now. Go to Universal, <laughs> right? Like, if, if they're like having that itch, uh, scratch somewhere else. Yeah, and maybe uh, so. Uh, when contacted by IGN, Reed Pop, the company contracted by the ESA to run the show starting this year. They issued a lengthy statement to IGN, which I'm going to read in full here, so bear with me. E3 is such a significant event for the game industry, and being entrusted with an important cultural touchstone is not a responsibility ReadPop takes lightly. Since ReadPop took on the contract to run E3 six months ago, we've worked diligently with ESA members based on their feedback to create a new type of E3 that supports their goals and needs. This process has taken time due to the tremendous amount of stakeholders offering input, Though we appreciate that we could have been more transparent to questions for which we were still finalizing the answers. We continue to work tirelessly to create a show that brings together the global gaming industry. We believe we've created a new format for the event that serves the needs of both the industry and its fans and are committed to building and growing it in the coming years. As we spent much of 2022 refining how E3 2023 would take shape, reflecting on the feedback we solicited, we did not send a single contract to an exhibitor until the start of this month. We have received a tremendous amount of interest and verbal commitments from many of the biggest companies in the industry, and when we are ready to announce the exhibitors, we are confident it will be a lineup that will make the trip to Los Angeles well worth it for the industry and consumers alike. So, it is true that what ReadPop has been tasked with is reviving a show, right? Like- yeah, tough. It, it like not it wasn't just like uh, declined in reputation. It declined in reputation for like a decade and then died. Like this thing was gone, um, and so they had to like reinvent it and reinvent a lot of the relationships and a lot of just like the expectations. Really, all they have is the name. Yeah, and so it's uh, it one will be interesting to see what E three evolves into. I don't think anybody wants E three to die. You know, it's um. It's such a uh, Patrick's kind of. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I like. I'm, I'm, you actively are rooting against. No, 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 no. But if it dies, 
I would be, would I be more sad or less sad than when the Divine Dragon's mother dies in Fire <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I do think that's the rubric by which we should uh, judge all things going forward, yes. though. Um, But, you know, like, E3 was such a fun, and, you know, maybe it is fine for E3 to go away, and I things will spring up in its place. Sure. Yeah. But oh, I think that's kind of what I'm what yeah. what I'm driving at. And I think that's fair. You know, like uh the industry has evolved clearly. Microsoft feels fine doing its own thing. Sony has done its own thing. M- Nintendo does its own thing and then has a presence on the show floor. Right. I think um what everybody well, what I definitely appreciated about E3 was it was such a concentrated like every day you were yeah. just getting something crazy like, every day you're news. texting your friends being like can you believe this and then you know and that had not really been the case in the few prior years before e3 like went away for uh for a little bit but it was always for us anyways true of nintendo because we knew that nintendo right. was going to have a showcase last year e3 didn't happen and nintendo like had half of a showcase in june the partner showcase I'm curious if this means that this year, like, there won't... Nintendo is totally freed up on timing now. Because if they're not participating in E3, they're not tied to E3. Last year, it seemed like we got this partner showcase because they were, at the end of June, because they were contractually obligated when they presumably had E3 plans for 2022. Right. And a lot of these marketing plans are so long out anyway that, like... Yeah, someone they were probably making these deals to show something in June uh, before they knew, you know, like oh, no one's really doing E three exactly. So it, um, I think it'll be kind of a. I mean, as fans, as people who look forward to those yeah. Nintendo showcases, I think it will be a little bit of a bummer if uh, this means that we don't necessarily get like a big presentation in June. I mean, Tears of the Kingdom will be out for four weeks when e3 happens this year right so we are talking about was it last week or the week before what could nintendo's e3 look like now i don't think we have to worry about that oh but i mean maybe we do like the uh you know maybe 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 all this means is that there is not a nintendo booth at the show right like they could still be doing a presentation it could still be a tuesday morning whatever like they could reclaim their own time and all that garbage um but like maybe they just don't have a thing that is you know booth worthy um because tears of the kingdom like we say is already going to be out like it doesn't make any sense to tease that as like a world that you want to live in when you've been living in it for for four weeks right um so like if it's just a bunch of like you know, we've talked about there's a possibility of like all these like GameCube uh, ports and, and stuff like that, remakes, remasters. Uh, maybe none of that is like fits that mold, but would still look nice in uh, a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, only very few people could experience the in person, yeah. you know, booth. So maybe it just isn't worth like the time, especially after or in the money, especially after a few years of not having an E3, I'm, they've had to, I'm sure, find other ways to continue the connections, like business you know, meetings and stuff that normally right. you would have in an industry event like that. So maybe they really just have evolved beyond the business need for something like Boy, that's having a booth at E3. I mean, I, I wonder how, how much like these publishers will have people at E3 um, and like you know, be setting up like meetings in uh, 
you know, like rooms and hotels and uh, conference rooms and hotels and stuff like that, that like you can still conduct E3-like business without having a booth on the show floor. Right. Um, and I think that that's what, uh, you know, all of like s- smaller publishers and smaller outlets do. So like, why not the big guys also do that? And, you know, like in, in the example of uh, Microsoft, uh, like they just have their own space to do that. Um, so like Nintendo could also just like have their own space somewhere else uh, by LA Live and just do it. Yeah. And again, you know, like E3 is changing a lot. They're mm-hmm. being really explicit about like th- the this is for industry. This is for fans. You know, like uh, it's definitely a different experience. And maybe people are just kind of seeing how it goes this year. And, yeah. you know, maybe Reed Pop was saying they could only they started sending out proposals or contracts, or whatever, like this month. And maybe that was just too late for some of these big companies. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. putting together a booth like that is really big. So who knows what will happen in the future? If this yeah. is, if E3 is really successful this year, maybe with more time and, you know, they're able to resolve some of the concerns or whatever the reason that some of these companies aren't participating. Yeah. I, I wonder how long they're committed to the idea of running the show before it like becomes huge again. Like, you know, it, it's always one of the, like things in like to be successful in gaming you have to be in it for the long haul like just seems to be the sort of common refrain right like uh google stadia closed down a couple weeks ago uh even though google was like we're in this you know till till the bitter like we are serious about gaming and they were in it for like five or six years uh but now it's gone right like i i just think there there has to be this like we're committed to do this even when it loses money, even when it's not as culturally relevant um, as it used to be. And that's the only way to build up that reputation. Yeah. But that's also like sunken cost fallacy and all this kind of stuff too. So like, I don't know. Well, it's, this is something that we'll reflect on in five years and uh, everything we say now will sound ridiculous. (laughs) That doesn't sound like us. I don't think so. Uh, Speaking of a Nintendo Direct, we're definitely in Nintendo Direct watch mode. Well, so let me ask you this. We're in watch mode, not warning mode. I don't think so. I think warning implies that uh, a Nintendo Direct has made it's, uh, landfall. <laughs> yeah, I I think so too. Normally, just the conditions are right for one. Yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah. Our 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 like uh, legs are achy. That's right. The our barometric hands are swelling. Pe- pressure is uh, uh, dropping. Uh huh. Yeah. So we're on alert, but we're not on high alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, you know, some things that are maybe piquing people's interest: the Nintendo Switch eShop pages. Forget this Advance Wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp plus Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom have both been updated, including new NSUID codes, which I had never heard of before today, and I still don't entirely nope. know what they are. Don't really get it, but uh, it, it, my understanding is that they are required for the purchasing or pre-ordering of these games. Okay, and so uh, also another data point is that some North American retailers, including in the U.S., have begun taking digital pre-orders for Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp again. So, seems like that game incoming? Yeah. Like, a year after it was delayed for the second time? Yeah. Or a yeah. year? Long ba- time. Basically a year after it was delayed for world circumstances. So, it, I mean, look, all of this points, like you're saying, to it coming soon it'll be interesting to see how they reintroduce it to the world they probably will just be like hey here's this game and it's coming out on this date 
I don't think they're going to yeah. be like, world events are over. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, definitely not. But they'll. Do, I, I think they could even reintroduce it um, and be like, the the legendary Advance Wars uh-huh. returns. That sounds this, exactly you know, like how uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm writing the copy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and uh, yeah, which is like a you know a seventeen second video of um, of gameplay, um, and you know probably the more like cartoony, less uh, tank filled versions of it uh, on 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 the screen. But the, so okay, is this uh, evidence of a forthcoming direct, or is this just like they're gonna drop a, a trailer uh, and say like the game is out in? March. Right. And maybe it is throat clearing for a direct and maybe it's sure, you know, something else entirely. Here's another thing is that maybe Nintendo is bringing the Nintendo Switch Online game vouchers program back to North America. Last night at like 6 p.m. Pacific time, a video was briefly published on Nintendo's YouTube channel announcing the return of game vouchers. But then shortly after, the video was made private. So seemingly it was published too early, but is primed to go. So maybe by the time this episode is released, they've already announced it on Twitter or whatever. Let's talk about what the game vouchers were. Um, game vouchers were something that you could purchase for like 100 bucks, right? $99? Yep. Um, that would be good for the purchase of two first-party Nintendo games. On the eShop. On the eShop. So basically you're saving 20 bucks. Normally right. you would spend 120 You buy this set of vouchers up front for $99 and then you could you had like a year to use it from the day that you purchased right and wasn't there a, a limit to the number of vouchers you could buy lifetime it was like yeah three maybe of there them was i don't like remember that. it was like eight i think oh i thought i thought way lower no, I, <laughs> I, yeah but i think you're right i think there was and nintendo never this program has been going strong in uh outside of north america since it was introduced it never oh. went away in europe it never went away in japan oh. it only went away in North America, for hmm. unknown reasons. They retired it. In July of 2019 was the last time you could buy them. Hmm. So the video announcing the return of vouchers appeared, was taken down. Um, so is that part of a direct? Or is this all? Because there were a, a couple other like uh, trailers and announcement videos, some of which we'll be talking about uh, in, in a minute, um, that uh, went up on Nintendo's YouTube today. And like that can just be like, what they're doing instead of a direct like i i i'm i'm having a hard time actually like parsing out the signs here like are these indicative of like you say some throat clearing for like and now here's the cool stuff that we want to tell you about or is this it i think i so the one thing that makes me think that a N- nintendo direct is not imminent is that normally there are certain, you know, like insiders online sure. who are basically, you know, heavily hinting that, oh, a Nintendo Direct is coming soon. That kind of like builds up the frenzy. Mm-hmm. So unless they've decided, like, maybe they don't know, maybe Nintendo is really playing it close to the best and they are going to just drop it, you know, and surprise everybody. Uh, the fact that we haven't been hearing like whispers of a date that people are really you know like that there's no chum in the water makes me think that it's not it's either super secretive or we're actually not that close right one it's also like why would it be that secretive and i guess we wouldn't know until it pops i mean i think nintendo generally would love for these to be kept secret totally but they just like leak yeah totally yeah um but like yeah what 
I, I like I, I don't know that there is a I guess outside of like Metroid Prime related stuff that there is like a megaton style announcement that we're expecting out there. Like we get more information about Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, great. Like we're as excited as we're gonna be for that game, right? Um Well, normally uh, in like the the early of the year directs, we get a little bit more clarification on what is going to be happening. Uh, in the rest of 2023, which we don't really... I mean, we know Pikmin 4 is like uh, yeah. out there somewhere, but I mean, kind otherwise of. we don't really know. The other thing is that normally in February, we have like a Pokemon day. Yeah, that's and true. So, and that I would expect to happen because I anticipate there's going to be something Pokemon this year, whether they're going to announce DLC for Scarlet and Violet or, you know, there's like a uh, mystery dungeon, another mystery dungeon game or <laughs> yeah, something. Sure. I mean, you know what I mean? But I mean, th- those are also like less, those announcements have less wattage. Um, even something like uh, Scarlet and Violet DLC, which I'm sure will do very well for them are just like less exciting than like, here's a new mainline Pokemon game, which we had like three of last year, uh, effectively. Right. Uh, um, no, not even effectively. Just like we did uh, have, have three of them. So uh yeah, I don't know. It just um if I if I had to bet money, I would say yes, we're still going to have a Nintendo Direct in the in the first quarter of the year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh I think it just makes sense. But, I would guess uh, that too. It's it, it hasn't not happened in uh February or March in the last like ten years. Yeah, so. I just don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. All of this said, uh who knows? By the time you're listening to this, maybe <laughs> that right. was just ten minutes wasted. <laughs> that's right. Uh of us bloviating about should we that. go back and erase it all mark would, <laughs> would that make you happy <laughs> a new clip of the super mario brothers movie appeared online over the weekend the scene takes place during the arena battle that we saw in like the last trailer between mario and donkey kong and the clip is notable because it features one the super bell power up and cat mario the best power up as determined by you me and christian and then seth rogan's donkey kong voice for the first time we're, uh, we're hearing it for the first time. Yeah, uh, no surprise. He sounds like Seth Rogen. <laughs> he does sound like Seth Rogen. <laughs> Dude has a very identifiable voice uh-huh. and is not really doing much to hide it here. <laughs> hey, he was hired for a job. He, yes, that job right. was to be and Seth Rogen. doing Rogan. the job. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, does this change your uh, your view on no. that? No. I mean, we're, we're, we're like, we're in at this point. We're also really close. It also, that, when this popped, it made me realize, oh, we're really close to the opening of Super Nintendo World. At Universal yeah, Studios. real soon. So um, we still got to talk about doing a like a meetup. Yes. We still have to plan that. Well, yes. Note to self. Notes to selves. Uh, the Square Enix music game Theatrhythm Final Bar Line is getting a demo on Switch ahead of its February 16th release date. The demo goes live on Wednesday, February 1st. Uh, which is very exciting. It includes 30 songs, 30 characters. You can pay, play up to level 30. I don't know what any of those specifics mean. Uh, there are characters in this game. Great. Um, and progress will transfer over to the full version of the game when it releases. Uh, Mark, two things. One, I'm a little annoyed that uh, bar line uh, in the title are, are two separate words <laughs> when there's a musical term that is bar line, which they're referring to, and doesn't make sense if they're not. Do you know what I mean? I like uh-huh. bar line as separate words. Well, maybe it maybe it's a purposeful, and maybe that's why we have to download the demo. Yeah, a pur- we'll find out <laughs> a purposeful pun mm. that plays on bar line, but one of the mechanics in the game is you like go into a bar and try to pick up people with a line. Right, sure. That you're like you're you're giving people lines to try and, or maybe there's like a fishing mini game in there. 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, so A, that. B, uh, I'm absolutely going to check out this demo. Because, like, conceptually, Theatrhythm is a type of game that I should be excited about, right? But I don't really have my head... Rhythm games where you're not playing a musical instrument or rapping, <laughs> uh, I don't. I have a tough time wrapping my head around. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I'm trying to think of one that I've played that I mean, uh, of course, Elite Rhythm Beat. Heaven. Yeah, yeah, both of these. Um, but I wonder because there's so much DLC with this one. Yeah, I wonder if you can just. I wonder if they'll do like a Game of the Year edition or whatever later. Totally, whatever that has all the DLC included. Um, that would be nice. That's not really a Square Enix move, though. Yeah, that's true. And just like we're never gonna it's get more of an Ubisoft that's, move. That's more of an Ubisoft. And just look like where that got them. We're never gonna get a uh, version of um, Chocobo Racing GP or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's because I think that game did real bad. But they shouldn't. It the, the, it only did real bad because it had this insane monetization <laughs> scheme. If they yeah. just been like forty bucks, race all you want, it would have been fine. But you're right. It's not really a move that we see Square next do um but yeah i will be interested to hear your opinions if you do pick up the demo uh, i'll absolutely pick up the demo the demo cost me nothing nintendo released a video on monday announcing that mlb the show 2023 is coming to switch so this is the second year that uh mlb the show developed by sony interactive entertainment san diego studios it's making its way to non-playstation platforms as if you'll recall two years ago as part of like the renewal with sony and Major League Baseball, for Sony to continue to develop this game, part of the agreement was that it would be multi-platform. And yeah. so I think, at least for the term of that contract going forward, we can expect MLB The Show to show up on Switch or whatever the next Nintendo hardware is. But nice to see confirmation. It launches not that long from now, March 28th. Yeah, and uh, you know, it remains cool and novel to me. Uh, that there has to be a PlayStation Studios logo at the beginning of a Nintendo game that you're playing. I also hope that uh, the next, like the next time we see a trailer or something for this game, that it has that coach puppet character. Oh right, <laughs> who I guess is a beloved mascot of the series. But I forgot. I, was, I forgot. I about was that coach totally. Puppet. Maybe his just name is like coach or champ or something but yeah, i love that a, guy maybe it's the coach it's the coach i think i think there's a definite article in there yeah love that puppet a boy and his blob retro collection has been announced for switch and uh, xbox and playstation the collection includes two games the nes's a boy and his blob trouble on blob and the game boys the rescue of princess blobette which is uh one of the few game boy games that i owned uh, uh, Mark, that's the reason why I included this story in our news roundup here. Uh, are you, is that, does this interest you? Are you, I don't think so. I think if I was going to, I, cause so I owned a boy in his blob on game boy, had zero idea how to play it or beat it. So I could right. get out of like the first room and then you fall down a long pit and then you kind of have like two options. You could go to the. Uh, left and fall down another pit, which takes you then to... I love how clear this is in your it, brain. Which takes you to, like, kind of this corridor that you can run to the right, and then that ends at a dead end. But in that in the room at the dead end, there's, like, three, like, diamonds or crystals you can jump up and get. And then if you go if from that first drop, if you go to the right, uh, it takes you kind of... You, like, fall again, fall down this really long, uh, really high... Uh, point to the ground and then you run to the right and you can see Blobette 
like caught in a tower and so you can jump up but you you can't get to her or anything and i never for the life of me could figure out how to beat this game but well, i must have played the first like five minutes of it over and over and yeah over. you because you have a vivid memory of it the i mean like the, the whole conceit of these games is that they're like impossibly obtuse right that you you have this blob who is your companion and you can make him do different things that like allow you to access different areas by feeding him jelly beans mm-hmm. you can turn him into a step ladder into a spring into a hang glider into a hole that you climb through um so like uh it's 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 all of the like worst impulses of like an a point and click adventure game where it's like you can't intuit the solution how are you supposed to know to give him a purple jelly bean um but like if you just have the information is it fun to do it i don't know yeah i i don't know either but i think if i was going so i'm not super interested in this but if i was going to get a boy and uh, a boy and his blob game I would get the one that Majesco made for Wii. Yeah. That was kind of like a reboot and has a hug button. It does have a hug button. That's and it's, the one it's I would got play. like a cute, like uh, animated style. Yeah, like hand draw or like. And it was re released on, on Switch. It was, yeah, yeah. It's available on Switch. So if I was going to play one, that that is the one I would get. However, this does look like a fun package if you're interested. It includes both US and Japanese versions of the game. There's no release date yet, but there's a limited. Uh, it's being released by Limited Run. And they're also doing physical versions that includes keychains that look like the cartridges of the original games. And seeing the Game Boy cartridge on a keychain uh, it is bringing back a lot of memories. I'm, I'm sure that that's trip exactly what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, the the physical version from Limited Run uh, is uh, well that includes these uh, these keychains is sixty five dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. Which is steep. Uh, finally, Splatoon 3's next Splatfest has been announced, and it's running from February 11th through the 13th, and the theme is, what's your favorite chocolate? And I just got to point out, the themes have now just moved into just, like, a question, <laughs> right? It's not it's not even really, like, finding an iconic uh, trio anymore. It's not, who's your favorite uh, stooge? stooge. <laughs> or musketeer, or, you know, whatever. Um, it is now, uh, yeah, what's your favorite chocolate? So teams are dark chocolate, milk chocolate, and white chocolate. Yeah, how do you think this is gonna go? Do you th- is is there uh, an like easy favorite that you see here? Where we're gonna see like uh, lines among like culture or age or gender? Like what are, what do you what are you seeing here? Mark? <laughs> I I think apply you... your deep analytical yes, eye here. That's right. That's right. I think based on my you know ability to keep the pulse. That's right. Of the common man. That's right. I'm going to say milk chocolate is not highly favored. You don't think milk chocolate oh, is no, highly Oh, no, 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 no. Milk chocolate. I'm an idiot. White chocolate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. White chocolate, not highly favored. Dark chocolate and milk chocolate, I think, will be surprisingly close, but I think milk chocolate will take it. Just in, in terms of number number of votes. Yeah. I feel like uh, the sophisticates choice, and therefore my choice, because I, <laughs> because I am an intellectual and a tastemaker, Mark, is It's dark. very <laughs> difficult for me to keep the pulse on what you're thinking. It's, it's so advanced. It's so... <laughs> I'm going dark chocolate all the way here. Not like me. Not like the common man, are you Mark g- Mitchell. Are you <laughs> I never realized this was our dynamic, but it's true. <laughs> It's true. I'm the hoity-toity one. You're the down-to-earth one. Um, no, my favorite stew is curly, and mine is mo. Is that right? Is that how that would that's, break that down? Was, that's, I how that's how I was pretty going close. To, yeah. 
What about uh, what about uh, musketeers? There's no way to even know which <laughs> one is which. I, the only one, the only one is D'Artagnan. The name I know is D'Artagnan. <laughs> D'Artagnan. All right, Mark. Let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, you should follow us uh, on Twitter. Uh, the show's Twitter is at Nincart Society. We also have a Discord, which you should get in. Um, you should email us or tweet at us. Uh, to get a link to that, uh, get an invitation. The email is Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apeit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. <laughs>